to be with, with you on this, uh, the Lord's Day. Amen. What an amazing uh, privilege. We bring you greetings. Amen. On today from the Mount Carmel Baptist Church, we are delighted to have our family uh, worship with your family today. Uh, we bless God for the presence of my wife and our children with us on today, and certainly we thank God for uh, the Alfords uh, joining us as well from Mount Carmel. Amen. Amen. We give honor to the servants of Christ's family on today, to its officers, to its members, and to friends and guests, and certainly to Pastor Farmer and to his lovely wife. It's just good for us to be here together. Uh, in this special time of Lent, this is a time of remembering our Lord Jesus, a time of repentance, a time of preparation uh, for the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, in this season, we can sometimes be overly consumed with doing things for God that we miss or underappreciate what he has done or is doing for us. In our time of remembering, let's also take time to praise and magnify our Lord Jesus, who because of him, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. The Bible describes uh, the wonderful blessings that are ours because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. And we simply say Jesus is worthy of honor, glory, and praise. In the gospel passage read uh, in your hearing this morning, uh, we're going to park for just a few moments at uh, the latter verses of the 13th chapter, uh, verses 10 through 17. Um, in it, we encounter a rather precarious situation unfolding in the church with an unlikely foil. We find a miracle has happened in the church and we find the ruler or leader of the church upset that a miracle has taken place in the church. And he missed an opportunity rather to offer praise. Now, before we jump all over this church leader, let us all examine ourselves. Have we sometimes, with the hustle and bustle of life, have we programmed and scheduled away the opportunity to experience God in new and fresh ways? Have we at times missed opportunities to render praise unto God? So the question becomes, how can we, in the busyness of life, leave room for the remarkable and then render appropriate praise unto God. In the text before us, we have tagged uh, our talk with you on today, straighten up and praise God. Straighten up and praise God. And let me just tell you, I am not allergic to amens. <laughs> Say it, preacher. Uh, one more time if you missed it, uh, amen, because silence means, you know, I, 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 I'm still trying to discern <laughs> what silence means. Yeah, uh, as I look at you, I can see question marks 
pop up and so that means linger a little bit preacher so your silence will cause me to preach longer <laughs> on today amen as we look at verses 10 through 13 um, there's uh, at least one thing that that jumps out uh, to me and it's it's this uh, as we're answering the question how can we in the busyness of life leave room for the remarkable and then render God praise for it all Verses 10 through 13 suggest that when you or I experience, witness a blessing, a miracle, um, a breakthrough by the hand of the Lord, right then is a proper time and place to render, to render praise. The text says, and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and there was a woman who for 18 years had a sickness caused by a spirit and she was bent double and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your sickness. And he laid his hands on her. And immediately she was made erect again, or she straightened up and began glorifying, glorifying God. She did not allow programs, protocol, and schedules to allow her to miss a fresh move of God. And she didn't wait for anybody else to confirm what had occurred. She immediately was able to stand erect, to straighten up, and because she could sense and know the blessing, because her head and her, 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 her intellect could properly process, it caused a response from the rest of her body. When God does something for you, it ought to cause the rest of your body to join in, to render praise unto God. If you can't stand and run, you can open your mouth and say, thank you. Yeah, yeah. All of heaven, all of heaven was involved with our salvation. Yes, amen. As a result of that and our gratitude that wells up on the inside of us, all of our being, all of our body ought to participate in the proper rendering of praise to a God that is like no other God. Some of you were like me. You stayed up late watching basketball. Yeah, you did. And when your team was playing, you made a little bit of noise. And since we're in Gainesville, this is Gator country during football season. I know some of you root for the Gators. And you make a little bit of noise. Since the God we serve is greater than all of those, then certainly he's worthy of a little bit of fuss for all of the wonderful ways he has kept us. Not just for the tangible things, the cars and, and the houses. That's good. We applaud God for that. We thank God for that. But man, in this going on two plus years in the season of COVID, we thank God that he has kept our mind. He has given us peace in the midst of uneasy circumstances, new challenges we never thought we'd face, and his grace has prevailed sufficient. And so we don't have to wait for anybody else to confirm or affirm the blessing God has been to us. When you know it, you ought to say it. When you experience the blessing, when you experience the miracle, when you experience the breakthrough by the hand of the Lord, then and right then is a proper time and, and place to render, to render praise. This woman 
had been affirmed, infirmed rather, for 18 years. The text does not tell us, but the text does suggest that this was her regular habit. Coming to church, expecting to do church. But on today, her regular schedule program was interrupted by the hand of God. Order is good. Amen. The God we serve is a God of order. Amen. In fact, without order, there is chaos, right? Order is good, but we ought not allow order override our ability to sense and feel God moving anew and afresh. In fact, the Bible tells us that his mercies are new every morning, and great is his faithfulness. And every day, every morning, the Lord gives us the opportunity to get up. We owe him a praise. There's something about praising God with other folk who know God has been good. And this is happened. This so happens to be one of the places us gather. We gather in the church. We worship God in the church. And so in the church ought to be a place where praise is common. Praise ought to be calmly in church. Praise ought to just be what happens in the church. But this synagogue ruler had different ideas. Verse 14 uh, says to us, but the synagogue official, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, began to say, began to say into the crowd in response, there are six days in which work should be done, so come during them and get healed and not on the Sabbath day. As we look at verse 14, suggest that we ought not begrudge the timing or the place of the good that God is doing. The synagogue ruler could not refute the blessing, the miracle that had taken place. But instead of celebrating the fact that this sister who had been infirmed for 18, can you imagine somebody worshiping among you, somebody in your family, somebody you love being in bondage for 18 years and getting delivered, and instead of you celebrating, you're going to be mad? <laughs> what in the world is going on? This is an opportunity to rejoice, but because this synagogue ruler, was in charge. He failed to recognize that there was one present who was greater than he. Sometimes with our schedules, sometimes with our programs, sometimes with our titles, we forget that God is above all. Now the word is still unfolding for them in the text, so they don't have the benefit that we have of a completed, a completed Bible, but he should have known that was Jesus. They had seen Jesus work. In fact, this is not the first time Jesus had encountered trouble for doing good on the Sabbath. In fact, this isn't the first time in the synagogue and in, in church. He had been caught doing good in church. And 
in that instance as well. He had to tell them, hey, listen, man was not made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath was made for man. And check this out. I am Lord of the Sabbath. How in the world can a synagogue ruler who thinks he's worshiping God prevent the God that he's worshiping from doing a great thing in God's house? How dare this synagogue ruler who is just a manager, just an overseer of what God has allowed him to oversee. And he allows him to see a blessing and instead of congratulating, celebrating, he is upset and uptight. I imagine if Jesus had ran this by him, it would have been okay. If, if this synagogue ruler had been able to announce this blessing, if this synagogue ruler could have had some kind of way to take credit for this blessing, I think he probably would have okayed it. But because this was something that happened, he could not refute that it was a good thing, so he wanted to argue and fuss about the timing. You know, sometimes God works like that in our lives. He shows up in unexpected seasons, in unexpected ways, sometimes earlier than we expect, sometimes later than we expect. And sometimes we can look like this synagogue ruler. Like, Lord, where were you? To 17 other years, you've seen me struggle. Where were you in year 15? That would have been a good time to show up. In year 10, that would have been a good year, good time to show up. The text helps us to identify the appropriate response. I don't know if this lady's been praying. I don't know if she's just um, been uh, praying and is now okay with the situation. But the text tells us that immediately she straightened up and began to praise. My brothers and my sisters, whatever it is that prevents us from seeing God move in fresh ways, even expecting God to move in fresh ways, the synagogue ruler, from his expression, it seemed like he wasn't even expecting God to move. He just expected the program to be what it was last Saturday, or in our case, last Sunday. We're going to sing these amount of songs. We're going to read these amount of scripture. We're going to stand. We're going to sit. We're going to have communion, and us going to have lunch. Every now and then, we need to expect a fresh move of God. In fact, the God we serve, he's not dead. He's yet alive. And I'm a witness that he's still doing great things. The reason I got up today is because God gave me strength, because God gave me energy. The reason I can put sentences together this morning is because God gave me the faculty of my mind. God has been good enough for me to render praise unto one who is like no other. We serve a holy God, which means there is nothing and nobody else like him, which sometimes 
cause us to misunderstand because we'd like to compare. We, we need statistics. We, we, we need a benchmark. We, we need something to compare so we can identify if this is good or rather how good is this? Well, the truth is, in the text we read uh, uh, earlier today, I think it was from Exodus, uh, he, he said, tell them that I am. Mm-hmm. Every now and then we need to be introduced to the I am God. Whatever it is you need him to be, he is that kind of God. In other words, whatever kind of trouble you find yourself in, he can handle that trouble. You don't have to go and find another God. You don't have to find another answer. He is that God. He is holy, has no rival, he has no equal, but sometimes we allow other things and other persons to grab a hold of our cardia. Because when Arthur would tell us, we're not just thinking beings, we're also feeling beings. And if we're not careful, our feelings will sometimes override our thinking. And so... It's not to allow this to happen on a regular basis. We ought not begrudge the timing or the place of the good thing God has done. Once we recognize it, once we notice it, right then is a good place. Right then is a good opportunity to give God, to give God praise. In fact, in fact, we ought not just give God praise for what he's done for us, but we ought to celebrate with other folk. That sounds like Bible, doesn't it? You ought to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. You ought to mourn with those. That sounds like Bible. People of the Bible ought to listen to what the Bible says and do what the Bible presents for us to do. He's there with a jaw full of rocks. At this lady who's been in bondage for 18 years. He was powerless to change her situation. But one has showed up to change it. And he's upset because Jesus had the nerve not to follow protocol. As Jesus talks with them, it helps us to understand that it wasn't that it was against the law to do any kind of work on the Sabbath. There were some exceptions made. Verse 15 through 17, we will do well to remember that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath and conclude that Jesus is Lord even of the Sabbath. Verse 15 said, but the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead him away to water him? And this woman, a daughter of Abraham as she is, whom Satan has bound for 18 long years, should not she, should she not have been released from this bond on the Sabbath day? As he said this, all his opponents 
were being humiliated, humiliated, and the entire crowd was rejoicing over all the glorious things being done by him. It's interesting that uh, Jesus encounters uh, some of this same crowd outside of the synagogue, uh, a little verses up, and he calls them hypocrites then, and he encounters them in the church, and they still hypocrite. It's interesting that in the church, those who find themselves in the work of God ought to uh, at least want to see God work. Where is the compassion from, from this synagogue ruler over, man, the joy of one being delivered of something that has hindered and hampered them for 18 years? This lady was bent over, doubled over, the text says, for 18 years, which makes it difficult to see where you're going, makes it difficult to have conversations with your loved ones, makes it difficult to drink our Starbucks coffee we like so much. And the nerve, the unmitigated gall of this synagogue ruler to think that he has high ground, at least he had a little bit of sense, he didn't talk directly to Jesus. He talked to the people. <laughs> right? He, he, didn't, he didn't go at Jesus directly. He went at Jesus indirectly. Sometimes we have to be careful that we don't go at Jesus indirectly. Because we know enough about God that he is holy that there is nobody like him. And that one day he's coming back. And the Bible tells us that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. So we refrain from going at him directly. But sometimes we, we challenge indirectly with complaints or grumbling or simply not celebrating what he has done and is yet doing. Instead of counting our blessings, we're counting what's not right. Can I tell you, I'm so glad that God is not like us. I'm glad he didn't decide to save us when there was more good fruit flowing from our lives than bad fruit. I'm so glad he didn't say, I'm going to wait till they get it together. I'm going to wait till they come to their senses. No, the Bible says that while we were yet his enemies, Christ died for the ungodly. I got news for you. That's all of us that's in the building on today. God died for us before we got it together, before there was good fruit flowing from us, while there was still a whole lot of bad and I got a sneaky suspicion God's still working on a little bit of stuff in us today and the Bible says that 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 he saved us and he sanctified us from the foundation of the world. And the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit has sealed us until the day that Jesus returns, which suggests that once I'm saved, I'm always saved. That when I mess up, God doesn't kick me out. That when I do something that I knew I shouldn't have done. That when I planned to do something. 
I knew I shouldn't have done. When you planned and plotted to do some things, you, you knew God wasn't calling you to do. Because we belong to him, we're safe and secure because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, when you discover that some of our tendencies, sometimes the stuff that grabs a hold of our cardia and causes us to act out in ways God would not endorse, that not even those things could hijack our faith, it ought to cause some kind of sign or sound or emotion to be emitted from your body. When you, when you discern the weight, the breath that God has gone through to see to it that you and I would be saved and then to make sure that it's settled forever in the heavens, never to be undone. That's something worth celebrating. That's something worth shouting. And so during this season of Lent, yes, it's good to practice spiritual disciplines. Pray, yes. Fast, yes. Meditate, yes. Read the Bible, yes. Give charitably, yes. Do all of those things. And in the midst of doing those things, don't forget to give God praise and glory all along the way. Have to walk around acting like you're not emotional. God made us emotional. Amen. Talk about you don't get loud. Let me step on your toe. <laughs> let, me, let me pull out in traffic in front of you. <laughs> what we learn from the text, from all who participate in the text, is that just like this woman, when the Lord blessed her, she was no longer bent over. She was straightened up and she praised. Church, whatever hinders us from recognizing the good that God is doing, even in the midst of a very long, very bad season, hey, just, just, just push it goodbye. In fact, one of, the, one of the blessings of the spiritual disciplines is that it doesn't give us more of God. It just helps us to fight against the grip the world has on our heart. And so as we recognize that, we ought to straighten up, get our act together and praise God. Not be upset about what is not, just thank God for what is. Because if us was in charge, us would be in a very bad way. Because us would find some kind of way to make what God has done better. And we would do the same thing our children do when they gonna help us fix them cereal when they're small. It's going to be a mess. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. In fact, you can talk, you, you can go back and talk to the, uh, uh, the, the tribes of Israel. Every successive king, it didn't get better. It got worse. Like, okay, they're going to get together. They're going to get, ah, they blew it again. I mean, ah, there, there, there's hope, there's hope. Ah, they blew it again. We would be in that same kind of cycle saved for Jesus Christ. And because of the debt we owe him that we cannot pay him, we ought to regularly 
scheduled, if you will, in our day, throughout the day, moments of just to praise God. Put it on your schedule, because if we don't, if it don't show up on our schedule, it ain't happening. So if you need a reminder, put a placeholder on your calendar and just remind yourself that today is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. As we continue to await the Lord's return, let's straighten up and praise God. Would you pray with me? Eternal God, our Father, we so thank you that you don't treat us as our sins deserve. That as far as the east is from the west, so far have you removed our sins from us. Father, we stand today grateful that you did for us what we could not do for ourselves. The Bible declares that God loved the world so much that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Father, we thank you for the ability to believe and have life everlasting. Father, we thank you that you make clear for us in Romans 10 and 9, the requirements of salvation, that if one would simply confess Jesus Christ as Lord with their mouth and believe in their heart that God has raised him from the dead, that they shall be saved. Father, it is our desire as it is yours that someone today who is unsaved would come to know you as Lord and Savior. Father, we pray that you would help them to hear and sense you through all the noise, through all the busyness, and come to own you as Lord. Lord, we thank you for this privilege and for this great opportunity. Continue to bless the work that will flow from this place, from this your people, this your pastor. We pray that your grace in this place, O oh God, will always be sufficient. This we pray in your son Jesus' name. And every heart said amen. 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 God bless you.